I have called you all here today at the behest of Don DiManzo to discuss the expansion of our Jersey territory. Our Don has seen an opportunity to move into Atlantic City at an event called AC Boardwalk Con, which will be happening May 14th through the 17th, 2015. Don DiManzo has asked that some of our made men attend this convention and convince the locals to try two true freaks. Joining me, Gene Hendricks, on this trip will be my Quantum Cast cohort, Jeff Fishman. Chris Tyler, the hair metal hero, will be representing the Boston arm of the family, while Scott McGregor will be representing the New York branch. Our capo, Chris Honeywell, will also be there to provide some added persuasion. Your Don has asked that any of his loyal friends in the area come and pay their respects to this new endeavor. He reminds you that all the information on the event can be found at doacbc.com. That's doacbc.com. Come help us make Atlantic City an offer they can't refuse. and welcome to another exciting, action-packed, not-as-creepy-as-last-time episode of Anime Freaks. I am Bill Robinson, and with me, as always, is Gene Hendricks. Hello, all. And this time around, we have returned from the nether regions, to put it mildly, of anime. (laughs) Last time wasn't bad, but it was really, uh, it was, it was... Not the not the creepiest, scariest anime I've seen, but but it was out there and it was different. But uh, now that all the therapy I've had in the last month has got me ready for another of uh, another recording session, and with us this time around, we are jumping back back on the Star Blazers train, season one, and we'll be covering three episodes tonight. But this time around, we have a special guest with us. We have Leader DJ, ladies and gentlemen. You know, because I was born in Brooklyn, I think I'm supposed to talk like this. <laughs> you sound more like the uh, the guy that uh, Lysis took over for. Yeah, really. <laughs> on Planet Ooh. Ballad. You have terrible taste, all of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously, they're listening to us. Lysis must have been a feng shui critic. <laughs> all this stuff is terrible! Terrible! I must smash it! it I'm sorry, I agree with I'm him. <laughs> <laughs> What was up with it with, 
with the, with these like velvet clown pick the, the the faces that look like clown faces that he had hung up everywhere. <laughs> I, maybe it's the equivalent of um, dogs playing poker on velvet or something. <laughs> for, for for the gamelons, I don't know. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yes, we have uh, corralled another one. I mean, we have invited another guest to help us along with our uh, trip down memory lane of star blazers and i don't really think we have any new star blazers news i don't have any do you gene this time no i don't no okay so i guess we'll jump right into tom what was your uh we talked a little bit before the show started and you said that you had watched you had seen star blazers as as a youngin as a youngin yeah and it's original run here in the states i it was on at two thirty. god help me i remember the time 2 30 in the afternoon on uh channel five in new york city here you know, I would run home from school because I, I loved the show. Oh, come on now. You were just like I, IQ9. You just love Nova. <laughs> the only girl on that damn fucking ship. No, no. We we proved that wrong. What okay. Was that? It was at, at the sixth or seventh one in. What was it? Right before they went to leave the solar system, there was a few other women. Yeah, they were all in, in line to make the calls home. I think there was like four or five other women, all dressed like Nova. <laughs> yes, they all were yellow. They were, but they were different because different hair, different faces. I just had this image of a Doctor Strange loving character going, and I predict the percentages will be 30 men to every one woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. and well, Now we know what Dr. Sane does in his off hours. <laughs> Other than drinking, quote-unquote, mineral water? <laughs> disguised in sake glasses? Yes. It's, it's, it's daddy soda. <laughs> <laughs> we could just jump right into, uh, since we have three episodes to do, uh, should we just jump into number 14? Yeah, why don't we do that? Get, get going here. Episode 14, The Octopus Star Storm. <laughs> Sorry. I said octopus, not octopussy. <laughs> I got an ointment for that. <laughs> uh, now you know what kind of episode it's going to be. Mm. <clears throat> the Star Force has been standing still in space for several weeks, waiting for a huge space storm to subside in the hopes of finding a shortcut channel through the vast octopus star system, which fuels a storm. The Argo's crew grows anxious with everybody on edge, and several scuffles break out, including one between Derek Wildstar and Mark Venture over space chess. Nova voices her concerns about the fights to Captain Avatar, who says the ship is running low on food, and that it's better for the crew to be fighting instead of wondering where their next meal is coming from. I wouldn't agree with that leadership decision myself, but whatever. Meanwhile, Assistant Engineer Sparks... Please make note of him for future reference, folks. Begins to question the feasibility of the mission and asks Orion to present a case to Captain Avatar for simply finding a nice, quiet planet on which to settle. Mutiny! Oh, (laughs) When the storm momentarily quiets down, Wildstar takes a fighter plane into the system. He finds a channel, gets halfway through it, and prematurely concludes that the channel goes all the way through. You know, I think that's the problem with Nova. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Never mind. Wildstar reports his findings, but after Venture chides him for not verifying whether the channel actually exists, they get into an argument and then a fist fight out on the deck of the ship, which has this weird transparent dome, which suddenly appeared for this episode, and Nova breaks it up. Meanwhile, Captain Avatar decides to act, 
ordering that a course be set through Wildstar's channel. Pausing for giggling there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> after after a very rough ride through the vortex, during which Wildstar helps Venture pilot the Argo, the Star Force appears on the other side of the storm. Wildstar and Venture stop fighting and congratulate each other on their successful teamwork. The year 2200 dawns. Earth has only 280 days left. So what did you guys think of this? <laughs> Cabin fever, anyone? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I find it funny I, that they've been sitting there for 21 days, and it would have only taken 40 days to go around the thing. Yeah, well, let's just sit here. You know, we could have been halfway around this thing by now. Yeah, really. That's no space chess I've ever played, that's for sure. Are they playing no. Mahjong or something? No, it's, it's, it's a, Mahjong, I think. It's a Japanese game, actually. It's, uh, it's called Shogi. Okay. Mm. Well, I mean, we've talked about the other... What, there was one time, what, they had, like, chocolate or something? Oh, I've got chocolate in here. Uh, it, it was chocolate it was, in there. Uh, he, he, yeah, it was uh, Wildstar's brother. It said, oh, chocolate cake, when it's obviously sushi. <laughs> it was sushi rolls. <laughs> it's the nastiest chocolate I've ever tasted. <laughs> Tastes like fish. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, love we've... how Nova's solution to everything, it seems, in these three episodes is let's have a party. Yeah, I well, think she's getting a little stir crazy, if you know what I mean. She's, she's the uh, the social. Well, if you're the only woman amongst a whole crew of men, you're gonna go a little crazy. <laughs> she's the morale officer, I guess. <laughs> she she's the whatever. Is that a woman what you're calling you it officer. these days? <laughs> <laughs> so that's why why that arrow is pointing there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do have to do like m- mention a little um, somewhat of a. Maybe not a historical fact for this particular battleship, but I know of battleships of the era of World War II. They did launch, they had planes that could launch off the back and usually did launch off of large catapults on the back of, of the of the oh, deck. Yeah. Um, so it was it because we didn't see it launch out of the out, out of the bottom bay because uh, one thing that's not in the synopsis is that Wildstar decides he's just going to A, well, well, not A because it's not choice. Well, one, he steals a ship. B, he destroys said ship. And three, yes. there's no ramifications for destroying Starforce property. I guess. Well, there is. He has to swab the hangar deck along Ooh, with. Don't nothing. Every... Yeah, with everybody, <laughs> yeah. every other swinging dick on the ship is down there swabbing <laughs> the deck. <laughs> with apparently a Swiffer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> Star Force had Swiffer wet jets 30 years I, before they were invented. I was just saying that this is going to be a chore, and then this box shows up outside my barracks. <laughs> uh. Oh, did you did you hear the uh, the moron again? We need a little excitement around here. Oh, that guy, yeah. Someone throw him at an airlock, please. I'm sick of him in every episode. Well, it's either this episode or the next one. I think it's the next one, actually, where the guy mentions how long we've been out here. What is Kyle like, doing what on this ship? It's like feels like months, years, and then the next episode. I think it's in Tom's in 16. They say, Oh, it's been a hundred days since we left earth. And then, then I thought back to the previous one. I'm like a hundred days. I was at sea for six to seven months. You <laughs> morons. <laughs> like you guys. Oh my God. Yes. If anybody forgot, I was actually in the Navy, not the star force. God, I would have been right. great. If I was in the star force. <laughs> 
Only Just one woman on a ship. Yeah. Of course, when I was in the Navy, there were no women on the ships. None. <laughs> not not like it is now, though. It's mixed crews. Mixed more than the Star Force. Well, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, just, just, and again, I want to apologize, because I know it seems like we rip up the show, but we love the show. But, oh, yeah. But there's things that I notice now that I would have never noticed as a child. And, and I, lo- I love the fact that this is a episode where they have to solve a problem that doesn't involve the Gamelons. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, like, the, the only time the Gamel this is the one where the only time the Gamelons are mentioned is because they see a, a fighter. Right. Off in the distance. And yeah, where they where Venture thinks the channel actually is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're gonna call this the Wild Star Channel from now on. Double entendres here. Well, I mean, th- that's channel five hundred and eighty-three on your dish, by the way, people. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, one it's just him going, aren't I great? <laughs> Look at me, or you know, him just being a dick. As he always is. Mm, uh, yeah, especially in this episode. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, and then at one point, oh, you know, uh, or was it? Uh, they shout out, "Deploy the wings!" You're yeah, in space. Well, they're in. They're in the middle of a storm. So <sighs> yeah, I a get, storm. But... Quick, raise the big, the big glass plexus shield bubble over the entire <laughs> deck so we can have a plot point where somebody crashes on the deck with a plane. Maybe that's. I don't know. No, which no, you, no, which you never see before, the bubble, never again. Because yeah. they were outside the bubble when he crashed the plane. Because they and, had, they, and both Wildstar and Conroy were in spacesuits, mm. so it didn't matter. Uh, spacesuits, <laughs> a little shield over their face. No, no, this they were actually in the the, the, the little the little space padded versions oh, of their yeah. shapeless t-shirts. Yeah, mm. and I think Glenn A. Larson actually watched this episode because I remember this on Battlestar Galactica. What, did they crash on the outside of the Galactic? No, where, where they had to go through the channel. <coughs> they, they had to shoot the oh, mines out of the way. Oh, I think Glenn A. Larson hmm. watched a lot of this show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember the one with the Void, where the, that was in the, one of the o- opening ones, where they went through the uh, the Starless Void. No, this was, they actually had to go through, like, a, uh, I think they called it the Red Star system or something, where oh, they had to have their cockpits sealed. Otherwise, that's right. That's right. They couldn't see. Yeah, because. It, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> Ask me anything about current sci-fi. I can't tell you, but I can tell you stuff about 40 year old sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, uh, I, I have a note here. There was no shots fired this episode, which I, brings up what Tom said, that they, that they actually solved a problem mm-hmm. in a different way than, you know, just uh, shooting at it with the wave motion gun. Yeah. Well, so far they've only shot the wave motion gun twice. If I if I'm my count's correct, they did at the floating continent and at Pluto, I think. Pluto. Well, no. How did they... it's still a planet? <laughs> no, didn't they blow up the mega missile, the one that came at them? No, or did they no. just shoot that with the green? They just shot that. You're thinking guns. of the live action version where they used the. Oh, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, now I'm getting my Star Blazers mi- mi- mixed up. Have you ever seen the live action movie, Tom? I have not seen the live action movie. I think you would enjoy it. It's, yeah, it's good. It's a little different. You know, they do things a little. Di- you know, it's oh, overall, it's still basically the same, but it's uh, some of the problems are solved differently, and uh, characters are treated differently. Uh, the Gamelons are actually aliens. They're not Smurfs. <laughs> mean giant Smurfs with bad haircuts. 
which we'll get, which we're going to get to in the next episode. Yes, General Sideburn. <laughs> <laughs> At least he doesn't have a helmet shaped to fit his sideburns. Like that's Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the other notes I have is I uh, yet again another version of the sad dirge, but this one has a '70s mellow tempo to it. True. It's the yacht rock version. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that's 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 all the notes I have for it because uh... yeah, I only had one more. And typically, if I see somebody in a in the wrong like color uniform or something, briefly, I figure it's just a coloring mistake. In this, the last half of the episode, Venture was in blue, and he's supposed to be in green. Mm. And that's that's more than a coloring mistake. That that's consistent throughout the the whole back half of the episode. I have no idea why. He was hiding from the captain. <laughs> he will never he'll never recognize me while I'm wearing my blue shirt instead of my green shirt. Yeah, really. That's why I'm from get... Brooklyn, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, you know, those two those two should just get a room. I love you, I hate you, I love you, I hate you. You're so darn attractive, Venture. <laughs> I hate all your ideas. But then when they work, I really like you. Quick, let's go off off screen for a minute <laughs> which i have a note when we get to tom's episode oh. about that too ah okay <laughs> there, there was some creepiness going on in there that i went other than the robot i was like ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh and there's only uh really there's only one thing in this that got cut from the japanese version uh when wild stars having his nightmare mm-hmm. he actually sees his parents being incinerated and he wakes up yelling mother and that's why he you know gets up and is late for the red alert because he was having that nightmare and didn't hear the the alarm Mm. because otherwise it's just Wildstar showing up late and avatar saying you're late Wildstar. (laughs) you're late you blow up equipment what what, you don't why are you actually on this ship yeah (laughs) because they get a whiny bitch apparently (laughs) uh that's all I got, though. Yeah, I I guess there's no, uh, you know, stringent mental stress tests to get in the Star Force or something. <laughs> well, it's all volunteers. What are you going to do? Oh. We need 100 guys. We only got 99. This guy's not quite making it, but eh, come on. And and one woman. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> you, the nurse. Come on, let's go. What? You, nurse. You can be an, a raider operator. No. Yes. Well, she substitutes, it seems, sometimes she, as a nurse. Well, she started as a nurse in the first episode. Then she came on board. She was a radar operator. Right. Now she's a social planner. Apparently, she <laughs> makes all the pillows for the crew because they were kind of frilly. I oh, I noticed that, too. I was like, I was like, I what is that? I know how long it takes her to make coffee for every single member of the crew. <laughs> she comes in with the coffee, yeah. Here I And I put the milk in this one. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, I... I had a I didn't put it down, but I, I was I was one of the pillows went went by and I said, "Was that a giant piece of taffy?" Yeah, I I what saw it. I saw it like, oh, okay, it's not really a military kind of pillow. The pillows I, think, I had were stuffed with feathers and had canvas around them, and I had to get my own, you know, and just had a white sheet. Like that looked really comfortable. If I'd had that pillow, I might have stayed in the navy. 
<laughs> oh, that's the only reason you got out of the Navy is because of the pillow? Well, in fact, it was all nothing but men on the ship, too. Huh. Yeah, there you go. We had one woman. <laughs> God help us. <laughs> Everything. Because uh, you can... When I was watching these episodes, I was talking to, to Will, and I'm like, the, the first things out of my mouth was... Is she like the only person on this ship? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no. There's, there's, there's six others. They were in another. Sh- they, well, the only one that got like a full, actually, a, a line or a full face shot was a redhead. Yeah, yeah. She, didn't she say uh, that she Who, just got engaged or something? Uh, that or who's next? I'm not sure. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Is that why the line was there? No, because they were waiting to get to the communications thing. Come on, guys, keep it clean here. Hell, you know, in the original Galactica, they had three women. Yeah. And they were all after Starbuck. Yeah, they had what? Cassiopeia? Cassiopeia, Athena, and the fire launch lady. Fire launch lady? The fire lunch lady? No, the fire <laughs> fighter launch lady. lady. I don't remember. Tra- Transferring con- transferring launch control to probe craft. Oh, Remember that, that one. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. She was one. Of, she was one of the people that sat in in combat there. Yeah. 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 The one. The the yeah. The girl next door looking one. Not the the hooker and. <laughs> and well, she was Cassie. Well, yes. Well, that's hooker. what I said. But I mean, you know, the preferred term is socialator. You had the socialator and the and the girl out of your class and your and your commander's daughter that you're never going to get, and then mm. you got the other one, you know. So, <laughs> and that's what I've said. She she was you know, she would probably be the safest out of the three. Yeah. A because you know you don't know what you're going to get <clears throat> literally with the socialator. And you're not don't want to bang the commander's daughter because you're going to get all the death mission, you know, suicide missions. Oh, we need a su- uh, Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 Commander Adama, right away, sir. Didn't I see you with Athena? Uh, no, 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 that wasn't me. Why did I find a cigar in her room? She's you're forgetting about the one episode where he had a date with both of them in oh, yeah. the same restaurant booth. And they just, he kept switching them out somehow. Oh, that's Starbucks. Ah, 70s TV. (laughs) But didn't they get wise eventually, if I remember correctly? Well, in the one episode, Athena caught him with Cassiopeia in one of the launch bays and turned on the live steam on him. Oh. But this is is not a Battlestar Galactica podcast. Like, I was just try, trying to think where the rest of the women came from, but then I remembered that they showed up with uh, uh, Lloyd Bridges with... Uh, mm, the Pegasus. Peg- yeah, that's where, because his daughter was one of the pilots. Yeah. Because I remember there was an episode where all, all, all the chicks basically hopped into planes because all the men were down with, like, I don't space know. Flew. Space flu. Yeah, flow. they were all sick, and so all the women became the pilots. And that was even like because the shuttle Because it's pilots. really easy to teach people to fly pilot a spaceship. It's like driving a car. Yeah. Except there's, uh, you know, instead of le- left and right, forward and backwards, you've got to know the whole other <laughs> up and down and axis of directions to just work. But there were only three buttons you had to learn. That's true. <laughs> Fire, turbo, and whatever the script called for the other button to be. <laughs> the fire lunch. <laughs> God help us if we ever get 
flying cars. Oh man! I imagine how much the death rate will soar. <laughs> if 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 you put every the same people that drive cars now in in and put them in the air, oh, I'm not driving in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I stay on the ground. I take the eleven. I'll take I'll, an armored. I'll, I'll take an armored bus because all this plane, all the cars will be falling out of the sky after they get yeah. in collision. Mm. But anyway, okay. <laughs> Remember Shall Star Blazers? This is a show about Star Blazers. Yeah. Why, why don't we move on to episode fifteen then? Episode fifteen, and that would be the Galactic Whirlpool. And I have got our synopsis for this. Him. Him. Episode fifteen, Galactic Whirlpool. General Lysis, or as Tom likes to call him, General Sideburns. General Sideburns. General Sideburns arrives at the Gamelon base on planet Balan, the halfway point between Iskandar and Earth. It's much like south of the border when you're driving <laughs> from up north down the Florida. So I'm I'm picturing all these, you know, Pedro says, stop at planet Balan on on your way to Iskandar. Does, does that make Volgar Pedro? Exactly. <laughs> Senior Lysis, he does not like my my decorations. <laughs> oh, I think by like, you know, I went to Balan and all I got was a stupid t-shirt, you know. <laughs> salt and pepper shakers. I bought some nice things, but, you know... But they were smashed by General Isis. You know. <laughs> <clears throat> he is uh, back to the synopsis. He is greeted with resentment by Balan's current jealous commander, General Pedro. I'm sorry, General Volgar, who sounds like an extra from the Godfather movies. Ah, oh, General Isis, why are you so mad? Why you break my stuff? Whom Lysis is there to replace? Insult is added to injury when Lysis derides Volgar's taste. Volgar's vulgar taste and decoration as all the items look like they came from a yard sale from the 70s. Meanwhile, the Star Force experiences a sudden loss of engine output don't we all? Oh, <laughs> right. And soon determines that they've stumbled into the gravitational effects of a galactic whirlpool or marriage. I <laughs> <laughs> got a pill for that. <laughs> a precursor to a black hole. Therein, amidst the wreckage of many other ships unable to escape the gravity pool, they spot a Gamelon destroyer. Lysis, a.k.a. General Sideburns, who has set out from the planet Pedro <clears throat> in a 3,000-ship armada, man, that's imagine a gas bill on that, mm. to, track, to, to attack the Star Force, is disappointed to learn that the Whirlpool will rob him of his prey. Wildstar 2, psycho that he is, is disappointed when Captain Avatar overrules his suggestion to fight the Gamelon Destroyer and orders that they find a way to escape. The Captain's wisdom soon proves itself, yeah, for once, when <laughs> Star Force detects Lysis's armada. Lysis chases the Star Force into the dead zone of the Whirlpool where all the ship's energy is lost. From outside the zone, Lysus's fleet launches salvos at the helpless Star Force. And they must be manned by everybody from the Star Wars, all the stormtroopers from the Star Wars universe, because they can't hit that ship for nothing. That's, that's my exact note. Oh. <laughs> there seems no hope until a miraculous infusion of energy is sent to the Argo by no, none other than Queen Dosex Machina. Oh, I'm sorry, Queen Starsha herself. 
The ship's instruments come to life once more, and the wave motion engine builds up enough energy to perform a space warp. Later, back on Balin, General Lysis notes in his journal that the Star Force is a worthy adversary. Dear Diary, today I fought the Star Force. They're so dreamy. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go watch Twilight 2 breaking. <laughs> now, I got a couple notes on this. I think oh, the end- boy. I, well, I'm going to do some not those notes first. I'm, I'm, I thought the animation looked a little different. I thought it looked sharper than it did the last one and maybe a few. I mean, I don't know if they just – maybe they didn't – they weren't reusing as many stock shots and stuff. But it, it things just kind of looked a little cleaner. What do you think, Gene? Tom, you may not have noticed as much because you haven't seen some of the uh, other Yeah. Yeah, they did look uh, a little on the, the cleaner side. Uh not a huge amount of stuff in here. I mean, it, obviously they repeated the exact same three laser beams miss the Argo. Yeah. Like five times, but well, yeah, it, it was fairly decent. I would think. Well, and like another note I have is that not much happened this episode, but yet some big things did happen. And because it was really mm. just where we're going into the, oh, it's a whirlpool. We're going into it. We're going into it. We might get trapped. We all were trapped. All oh, their ships behind us. And it was well, like the same shots over and over. But then Starsha comes out of nowhere and helps. Oh, yeah. You know. Starsha, they're not even halfway to Iskandar. And Starsha has the power to reach from Iskandar to the Argo, know exactly where it is, communicate with it, give it power, and say, Take the compass and go here. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> She's like the Beyonder over here. I have been watching you, Star Force. Really? Well, why didn't you help us early, you stupid bitch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll find out about that later. She's been busy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Lysis, Lysis, Lysis. Or should we say Lysis, 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 Lysis. Lysis. Okay, yeah. Tom, we're going to unleash you for a minute. Okay, Captain General Sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, the first thing he does is he fucks up the guy's room and goes, now it looks better. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I agree with him. <laughs> it does look better <laughs> trash. Okay, so it's full of old ticket, but still it's the guy's room. What is hmm. the guy's response? He goes all cross-eyed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He he was probably thinking, you know, because like I was thinking, you know, you know, maybe we should have a little friendly fire when Lysis goes out in the ship or something. Yes. This guy smashing all my stuff. <laughs> I bought all those at yard sales. <laughs> what a dick! I like my stuff. I like my tents. <laughs> um, I think that my favorite scene in this entire episode is the last scene where Venture and Wilds are, are sitting there talking about Starsha, and there's no, like, guys, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's like, hello, 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 hey, o- only woman on the ship, right here, hey, look, open to my top, you guys paying attention? <laughs> I like, Starsha. Don't you think Nova looks like Starsha? Uh, well, yeah, that's pro- probably because the animator, you know, oh, superimposed Starsha's face over Nova. As you were discussing her. And, hmm, coincidence? Oh, Lord. It's... Also, 
Gamelons have the slowest lasers on the planet. <laughs> they travel at sublight. That's why the, the Yamato can dodge them. <laughs> yeah, look at all. It's coming. It's oh, little here, they come. here they come. Here. Oh, oh, there they go. Tilt right. Tilt left. <laughs> tilt port. <laughs> well, no, they, the they keep... They Monster keep... Pres- Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, they keep tilting the same way. You would think the Gamelons would shoot on the other side of the ship once in a while. <laughs> well, they're all cross-eyed like uh, General Pedro. Well, <laughs> I love the fact that, that Wildstorm automatically assumes there's 3,000 of them. Well, wow, there must be 3,000 of them. <laughs> well, okay, maybe they, yeah, th- that, yeah. Maybe they had a readout, but yeah, it's kind of like there's three thousand. But he does say something else that I just went, "What the fuck?" <laughs> he says, "We should fire by hand." What? <laughs> what? Throw rocks. What are you talking about? Because I guess they don't have the power. We don't have. We don't have. Oh, oh God, I can't do my. <laughs> Captain, we don't have the power. We don't have the power to fight and to try to escape yeah. the whirlpool. <laughs> well, oh, we'll fire by hand then, huh? What are you gonna chuck your cup of coffee at him? What 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 are you talking about, dude? <laughs> well, you know, as established in the next episode, Nova's coffee is pretty damn strong. <laughs> <laughs> the statement, you know, there's no one on Earth like Starsha. Yeah, because she's from Iskandar, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are the two biggest boobs at the end of this episode, like a bunch of lovesick puppies just standing there. Oh. I just wanted to see like Nova just <laughs> slap the both of them. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh. Oh, and how nice of the Gamelons to stop firing when the Star Force loses power. It's like, <laughs> we lost power. Oh, well, they lost power. We can't shoot them now. They're moving again. Okay, shoot again. That was... Really? <laughs> That was kind of an interesting scene, though, because suddenly the power was being sucked out of the ship, and it was being sucked out of like the the radar towers, the guns. I mean, granted, they did it with just kind of putting like a like a, a electrical type gray fog coming off of the. Yeah, it was, it was like Saint Elmo's fire, hmm. basically. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was just kind of like zapping and whoop, everything, and I'm going, ooh, there goes life support. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, we also in this episode we had two shots that not that don't appear in the opening credits like most of the ones we've seen. Ah, yes. Two shots from the end credits, and that yes. is the close up of General Sideburns, as he is now named. <laughs> Go, going completely bananas. <laughs> yeah. Ah, you know, with his face up and his fists, you know, ah, destroy the Star Force. It's as cartoony as he ever looks, really. Yes, yes, because most of the time he's pretty calm and reserved. Well, except when he's smashing all the Pedro's things, like a pinata, <clears throat> and like uh, the Simon Cowell of the, the gamble. <laughs> <laughs> I oh I, I I don't know. I'm thinking Deslock might be Simon. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Then that would make you know what Randy? Randy Jackson? No. 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 He's not nice enough. <laughs> Well, no, you know, oh no, no. Lysis is here. <laughs> now, Lysis is Gordon Ramsay. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, guys. yes. This room is shit. 
Look at this. Look at this. Smash. Guy, smash. <laughs> that makes the guy in the next episode Mark Cuban, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hell's uh, Hell's Armada or something. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, oh, so we get two shots. Oh, and you know, also, we did not have, there was no end narration this episode. No, no, it was just, it, was, it just it, went to the, the countdown, basically. Yeah, it just, but it, Earth has 273 days left. So it's been a week since the past, the last episode. Yeah. And then that, that galactic whirlpool just snuck up on him. Mm. And then now, we, is this the one where we got to see what's going on for seconds? When we got to what? We got this on a couple of seconds. Oh, yeah. Uh, was that this one where the, where they said yeah? Or no, that was the last one because okay. because they actually did the narration and they were saying, oh yeah, you know, oh the radiation is getting deeper, things are looking rough, everybody's going to die. <laughs> Life is rough and full of stuff, so if you make a mess, clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and. Please note how Venture Gump was the one explaining what a galactic whirlpool was. No, it wasn't Venture Gump, was it? Yeah. Yes, it was. I thought it was the guy that's the guy that sounds like eager or whatever, or the I thought it was no. that guy doing it. No, Wildstar Ass. No, Wildstar asks, what's a galactic whirlpool? And Venture's explaining what a galactic whirlpool is. But this is the same guy that doesn't know what power buildup means. Yeah, Tom, first episode we're talking and oh, God. <laughs> it's it's got Wildstar and Venture and um <laughs> Captain Avatar says we have to wait for power build up and Venture goes, Excuse me, Captain, what's power build up? And my response was, Get this man off my bridge. <laughs> <laughs> you are not the pilot. <laughs> you are an idiot. If this that's how he got the name Venture Gump. <laughs> no, you're the pilot now. You bring the coffee. <laughs> you bring the coffee. <laughs> uh. Put on that drink. Like. All right. Well, I guess we're ready for. Hey, look at this image of picture and it's just going. I'm a pretty lady. Ugh. <laughs> 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 well, are we ready to move on to the last one? Yeah, I think so. All right, you were you were breaking up a little bit on the last one, Tom. Hopefully, we can get this one okay. through pretty good. So, take it away, Mister DJ. Episode sixteen. Stop at B Land, not Balan, as they keep saying. In the no, it's two different planets. That I was confused by, by by that too. Yeah, the Star Force's food reserve begins running low, so the navigation crew locates an Earth-like planet nearby where foraging might be possible. Survey crews are dispatched to the planet, including a plane carrying Nova and Stalkerbot 3000 IQ-9. IQ-9, it seems, is beginning to develop romantic feelings and has fallen in love with Nova. An inappropriate confession of his feelings starts Nova, who ends up scratching the planet in the jungle. After IQ-9 groped her breast, set out to, <laughs> to explore the area, and are soon captured by insectoid beings which resemble bees. The bee people take the two to a holding cell and deliver what to do with them. Stalkerbot 3000 seems to understand the local buzz and informs Nova that there is civil captured by the rebel faction. The rebel bees that plus 3000 are Gamelons and plan to use them against the bee queen, whom they suspect is in league with the Gamelons. In fact, the queen is supplying the royal bee jelly to return to the last eight hours. On tanker ship to pick up the jelly, and the rebels insist she disprove her alleged unloyal 
firing a cannon at Tanker, or else they would kill Captain Amalon. The Queen instead has her guards rush the rebels, and chaos breaks out. Storkabot 3000 pledges to defend Nova unto destruction, and Nova begins to realize the depth of the robot's selflessness. Fortunately, it doesn't come to that, as Star Force commandos arrive with Nova and Storkabot 3000. Once back on the Argo, Storkabot 3000 confronts Nova and explains that even though he knows she does not return his love, that it is wrong for a robot to love or grow a human woman. Nova concedes that this is so, and Earth has 267 days left. <laughs> oh boy, where to start? Creepy robot. Oh, you you have no idea how many things got cut out of this episode from the Japanese version. It it's nuts. Uh where to start? How about we start with the um, the creepier robot? <laughs> okay, in the Star Blazers version, Nova shows up in the commissary in a dress. Why? We don't know. Maybe to drive all the men nuts. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! I I got a note here about this before you go further. Okay. okay so Nova in a dress. She walks around, she normally walks around in a skin-tight yellow jumpsuit with a black arrow pointing to <coughs> somewhere. Mm. She puts on a dress that makes her look like a school marm from the Little Rascals, and these guys go nuts. That's all I'm going to say. Now, now, please continue. Okay, the reason that they go nuts. No, they go nuts before, though. Well, they go nuts because, ooh, now she, you she's, know. Ooh, she's in a dress that covers yeah. more of her body that we can't well, see from normal. Dummies. Okay, so she runs out crying after IQ-9 goes by calling her cutie. In the Japanese version, however, he doesn't call her cutie necessarily. He goes by and lifts up her skirt, showing her underwear to everybody, which is why they go completely bananas at the end of the episode, at the end of the scene. She then goes to Captain Avatar and complains. Now, in this version... She goes up and says, well, he's following me around, etc., etc. And Avatar is, you know, maybe he needs his 10,000-mile checkup, which... (laughs) Apparently... So there's like this little odometer in the back of his head that just keeps... Click, click. (laughs) Well, apparently it is the mileage. Okay. But in the Japanese, again, when she is explaining what happened to Avatar... She goes to show him and accidentally flashes him as well. Oh, it wasn't accidentally. Yes. <laughs> she wants that promotion. Ah, come here and sit on my lap. I'll come for you. <laughs> <laughs> but all of this, to me, if you look at it, Nova and IQ-9 go down to the planet. Why does IQ-9 go? Because Nova asked that he accompany her. Uh-huh. The hell? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. If she's that creeped out by it, then I I don't know. But anyway, they get down to the plant, and on the way down, he asks her to marry him, and they crash. Because a robot because asking you to marry him is kind of shocking. Suddenly makes you lose all control of the spaceship you're flying. Right. Now, I have to say, yes, he it did end up, it looked like he was groping her in the crash. That's the censored version. Really? The Uh-oh. animator... No, the animators had an original storyboard with his hands in, uh, let's say, more delicate places. Ow. And they censored themselves. 
And they said, no, 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 this is going too far. We can't draw that. Well, they were, they were already almost in a, shall we say, numerical position. <laughs> a six well, and a nine. Yeah, kind of, but... The way that he fell over on top of her into yeah. the... Well, the, the cockpit. I love the cockpit. Can I? <laughs> Sorry. Can I stay here? I like <laughs> yeah, it here. I, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that, that that was still in there. Can I stay here? <laughs> I like it here. Beepy robot. <laughs> All right. So they get down to the planet. They're captured by the bee people, and they go in. They see them making the royal jelly, which is Deslock's favorite food or whatever. <laughs> the royal jelly. Okay. In the Japanese again. Um, the royal jelly, you know, that big centrifuge that they've got going on there? Yeah. Yeah. It's made out of bee people. Oh, my God. It's Soylent B? It's Soylent B. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they actually had prisoners oh. pushed into the centrifuge, and that's where the royal jelly comes from. Oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the old guy bee that comes running up, he's saying, Soylent B, it's made of me! It's me! <laughs> well, the old guy, who is the leader of the rebellion and everything, he pulls out this this gun, right? Mm-hmm. At the end, he tells the queen, no, you gotta shoot that tanker so that we believe that you're really for us. Really? Did you and, say believe? Yes, I said Sorry. believe. <laughs> and if you believe in life after... Okay, so in the Star Blazers <laughs> version, she gets over there, she's taking aim, and then she laughs and walks away. In the space battleship Yamato version, she shoots the old man and disintegrates him. Wow. Yeah. uh, I have to find, because I'm only looking at notes and seeing what's different here. I haven't actually seen this. I got to look this episode up because there's so much in here that got cut out. It's got to be a completely different episode. I got a big note. Okay. <laughs> that that you just you glossed right over. So <clears throat> they're all sitting on, I guess, would be the sunbathing deck of <laughs> robot. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's uh, nothing different there. That's why I didn't gloss over it. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, okay. And um, <laughs> IQ Nine is sitting in a, in a, a a deck chair next to Wildstar, who's just wearing his white pants only. There's other guys out there with shorts and stuff. And. Uh, <laughs> Wildstar looks over at IQ9, who you can only see half of in the frame, and he looks out of the frame and says, You're very well constructed, IQ9. I'm just thinking 50 Shades of Star Force here, Brokeback Wildstar. Hey, when there's only the one woman on the ship, you gotta go where you gotta go. But it's just the way, and where he's looking off camera, he says, you're very well constructed, IQ9. It's like, hey, man, come on. What do you think of me and my shirtlessness? <laughs> I know. Look at me in just my white pants. <laughs> Look at all the other men out here with us. Everybody feeling relaxed, gentlemen? I bet IQ9 could give us a rub down with those robotic hands of his. <laughs> maybe he'd like to come play for another team. Oh, bye. Well, you know, maybe that's why he really wanted the pretty girl robot. <laughs> I'm not like the rest of you. Yeah, you're a robot. No, I like women. Stay away. <laughs> that is my input data port. Do not put that there. <laughs> uh, okay. <sighs> I, I have one question, and because this doesn't make any sense to me. 
they the Alpha's B people I nine understand B. <laughs> although they, oh, just, I'll I'll give I'll give him that. I'll yeah. give him that. How he got all that information yeah. out of just a, a couple conversations, I don't know. But the the one thing that it's is like straight really out of Doctor Who, where he's, he just explains. Yeah. I'll explain later, or yes. <laughs> just blah 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 blah. What? How do you know that? I'm the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so they go down to this planet to get food because they're running low on food. The B people think they're Gamelons. At the end of the episode, they're run off. Mm. I mean, they yeah. They're being mobbed. They run back to the ship, get out as quick as possible. And then Nova said, oh, yeah, the, they get, they gave us food. When? <laughs> when? When they went back and killed them. <laughs> oh, they were nice enough. to. And, and, and then she says, now with what you've told us, it's even worse. They gave us a lot uh, uh, of royal jelly. Of yeah. royal jelly. Oh. 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 I did like that funky bee music they had. Yeah, oh, boom, 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 boom. blue bee group there. <laughs> <laughs> the bee man group. Yes, bee man group. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, that's apparently never been on a soundtrack anywhere. <laughs> I don't know why not. Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. It's apparently groovy. the bee people know how to do the swim, <laughs> <laughs> and they know how to play stringed instruments when all they have is logs to beat on. Yes. There was a guitar going there, and I didn't see anything with strings. Probably a bunch of antennas they ripped off the guys before they threw to the uh, giant. Give me that! Bees. <laughs> You're not going to be needing those in about 30 seconds when we throw you into the centrifuge. Oh, God. Uh, 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 creepy episode. Uh, yes. Yeah, this is just creepy on all different levels now. Hmm. But... <laughs> I need a shower after this episode. <laughs> I, 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 the thing that, that, that kind of gobstops me is that we're supposed to feel sympathy for stalker bot 3000 yeah yeah and then he has that whole speech when they're in the the cell mm -hmm. about oh you think it's so great that i'm going to be you know she's like oh well at least you'll be recycled for scrap metal and he yeah, has that whole but speech I, yeah yeah and then she runs over and snuggles with him i know <laughs> such mixed uh mixed feelings to a uh to him, if he okay, if if he is sentient like he proclaims to be, and he does have feelings, but they keep telling him, "No, you don't. You're just a robot." But he keeps saying, "Yeah, I do. I really <laughs> do. Honestly, you know, it's almost like, oh, just just shut up. You're just a robot. You're just a tool." And she even, you know, like you're saying, Tom, she says, um, "Well, at least you'll be reused for scrap parts. I'll be dead. No, bitch, I'll be dead." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. No, you. I'll be dead, just like you. I'm a sentient robot, or as close as you can get, and I will be dead. I will be ended. I will be finished. You stupid. No more. All gone. <laughs> Finito. I will Pushing join the, the choir daisy. invisible. Oh, yes. <laughs> a dead parrot. <laughs> I will be an ex-robot. Ex-robot. Yeah. I will not be pining for the fjords. <laughs> yeah, and 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 then she she hugs him, and then later, no, 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 she doesn't hug him. She runs over and she rubs her face on him. <laughs> well, then later when the bee people or the bee people, <laughs> now, I I just picture the guys from uh, John Belushi in a bee, yeah. bee outfit. I want it in the car. <laughs> Well, at least, at least his chest wouldn't be looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Like the Queens was. Like the Queens. It, I'm serious. It looked like she had like two cartoon googly eyes on her chest. Was there some sort of stratification in the bee society? Because you had, you know, Queen boobs a lot. <laughs> and, and she's wearing the orange. And then you have her guard, which is also, we're also orangey. Then you have, you know, the bee man group and they're green. Yeah, I think it was... Well, uh, they're probably just like a regular bees. You have... You have the queen, you have the soldiers, you have the workers. Soldiers and workers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the queen uh, should have had another group called the tech bees because obviously she didn't know how to work the communication device. <laughs> As Gamelon gives her a hard time about it. That's Turn the other knob, you stupid bee! Yeah. <laughs> uh... no, but IQ9, when the bee people come to attack... And he holds her to protect her, and they're beating on him. I'm like, well, one, I'm thinking these bees can't hit the broadside of a barn because the mm. top of her skull is right there. Why don't you just bash that in? Well, she probably had a stray blow in there somewhere because he drags her out later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just see he's running with her, and she's like, ah. She's too busy telling him, get your hand off my ass. <laughs> you know, but then as soon as the humans come, she's like, see, IQ9, I'm done with you. Right. <laughs> Oh, Wildstar! Oh, Wildstar! And then, you know, then IQ9 is, you know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Mm. <laughs> He's like that. It's like a, like one of those 80s and 90s teen, teen movies, you know, right. where the nerd, the nerd robot protects the hot chick robot and the jock robot comes and she, <laughs> the other female, you know, where am I going with this? I have no I idea. <laughs> You know what I mean, right? right yeah, yeah. yeah, John Houston for robots. Thank you, thank you. I couldn't think John Hughes. Yes, it's it's pretty in, <laughs> I, uh, pretty in circuits or 16 circuits. <laughs> <laughs> the circuit club. <laughs> the B club. Some yeah, the B club. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess Nova would be Molly Ringwald, right? Yeah. Or did you just say that, Tom? I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I just was coming up with another John Hughes robot title. <laughs> no, she would be Ali Sheedy. What are you talking about? Why? Because, uh... Oh, hmm. The long, straight hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the other redhead on the ship would be Molly Ringwald. Yes, right. there you go. <laughs> All right, so... Well, here we go, Gene. Now we're casting... We should ask Tom what his live-action cast yeah. of... Because uh, that's something we seem to have... St- Stumbled on is if 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 you could cast Star Blazers with actors with live action, who would you choose? <laughs> and where are we now? Don't we have like Wilford Brimley as Captain Avatar? Right. Oh, I I don't I know. I remember the ones I did. Yeah, <laughs> I think you did. It. Didn't you do a blog on it too? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so who would you pick as a live action Star Blazers, Tom? Gee, I never thought of that. Uh-huh. I, I know you probably have way more movie knowledge than me. We, you know, I just would like to see Michael Sarah as Wildstar. Hmm. Just because, just because of that wispy voice. Funny, <laughs> but <laughs> well, you know, because I was thinking because you're going to be you were going to be on the show tonight and I was watching the B person and I thought who would we cast as the B person? And for some reason I thought of, uh, uh, Carol Monroe. <laughs> Carol. Yes. 
as the bee queen coming down, just put a white streak in her hair as she's coming down the little thing there. What about okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> You, 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 you put me on the spot here. I think you've actually made me speechless. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh my god! Um, at first, you're speechless. You're welcome, Shag. <laughs> Fuck you, Shag. <laughs> wow, you almost went all a whole show. <laughs> I don't even know if he listens to this. Really, I'll send him a line to make sure he listens. Okay. For some for some reason, I want to say I, I would I would I could see Lizzie Kaplan almost has uh, as Nova, but she'd be a lot more sassier in my version, I guess. Hmm. She would be the one to smack the two of the guys upside the head. <laughs> but don't we have some email? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll let you off the hook. Okay. Well, who who would you pick as Captain uh, Avatar? Captain Avatar. What about what about Lance Hendrickson? Ooh, hmm, that would be an interesting one. I would think a younger Lance Hendrickson would be a good Sander. Mm. Well, I think that a younger Christopher Walken would be a good Venture. <laughs> Wildstar, we gotta go through. The Hello, <laughs> Wildstar. Did you stop to think? I know it's hard for you with your little mind and stuff. Because you just keep thinking about Nova's coffee all the time. So shut up when I'm piloting or I'll kill you in your sleep. <laughs> oh, boy. How about that email? Okay. Yes. Uh, all right. <clears throat> our email, our single email for this episode, comes from... Sad the- email. <laughs> the well, infamous we... Mr. Luke Giaconetti. Ooh. Up from and... the depths, 30 stories high. <laughs> <laughs> and the subject of his email is ninja, ninja rap, or wait, which I don't get, but whatever. He writes, Dr. Bill and Gene Gene, the podcasting machine. I'm going to put his email on pause, even though we just oh, started. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just found out today, as we record this, that... The guy that I'm named after, Gene mm-hmm. Gene, the dancing machine, has passed away at the age of 82. And we'd like to send our thoughts and prayers to his family because, as I said today on Facebook, he was the best part of the gong show. <laughs> I actually have that, that music now. I can put it right in. <laughs> All right, he writes, Hey, fellas, just wanted to say how much I enjoyed your coverage of Ninja Scroll. Now, that's one. In retrospect, my suggestion of Fatal Fury, the motion picture, looks downright stayed next to this one. (laughs) Really brings me back to senior year in high school when my friend Greg was in love with this movie. I remember him always harping on about how our circle of friends all had to watch this movie, but it never working out from a timing standpoint. When I saw it a few years after the fact, all became clear as to why. The film represents the amazing zeitgeist of being 17 or 18 in late 1990s, when anime was just becoming a thing for us here in the West. I don't know that today's older high school boys would react to this insane over-the-top film like we did back in the day, but still holds a special, if bizarre, place in many fans from this era. 
So I was glad to hear you guys take on this quote-unquote classic. Did you know the two Ninja Resurrection films were loosely marketed here in the U.S. as sequels to Ninja Scroll, but are in fact unrelated? They have a similar visual style and both star a ninja named Jubei, but are otherwise not connected to each other. Looking forward to what's coming down the line. Luke, P.S., look for I Just Got Jack and Eddie t-shirts coming soon. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what Ninja Resurrection is, so no, I did not know that they were either connected or un- disconnected. Yeah, I had, when we had researched a little bit, I had read something that uh, about that in on the wiki for it, that it was somewhat loosely tied to it, but it wasn't a direct, um, direct sequel or anything, so... Uh, Jack and Eddie. No, that's right. I guess we did come up with that, didn't we? Yes. <laughs> if he does come out with those t-shirts, I want to see what design he picked. <laughs> well, thank you, Mr. Jack and Eddie, which actually he and I next week will be recording something for Earth Destruction Directive. Ah! We will be, Tom may remember this movie. We will be covering The Last Dinosaur. Oh, my. With Richard Boone. Yes. A really old-looking Richard Boone. One of, I think, two films that, um, I think it was, was it Sid and Marty Croft did as, as adult fair? Yeah. Yeah. And that catchy theme song. Last Dinosaur. And I'm not, that's the way it sounds. Okay. I just I... watched today, because on one of the retro channels, they, they were showing uh, 20 Million Years to Earth. Hmm. Speaking of giant monsters with the Yimmer. I love me some Ray Harryhausen. <laughs> Can't beat Ray Harryhausen. So, I, as apropos of nothing, I just wanted to say. Oh, no, no. that's I cool. Like Harry. Oh, wait, hold on. The Last what? Dinosaur is a Rankin Bass production? Oh, Rankin oh Bass. it was Rankin that's Bass. Right. It okay. was Marty Croft. They, were, yeah. they, were, they, were, they did two of these. And the other one is even goofier. <laughs> really? What's the other one? I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's, it's about... It's not the like, one with the turtle, is it? Yes, it's the one with the turtle. Oh, oh, The oh. turtle and the reincarnated girl. And the girl the... and the boy, and it's the little ba- baby turtle, and they carve something on the back of the turtle, and then it becomes a freaking huge, gigantic turtle. Yes, that's the one. Oh, no, I can't remember it either. But who was the... Wasn't Connie Selica the girl? Yes. Yes, she the was. The teenage girl. Yes. I can't remember who was the boy. But they like she was reincarnated. Uh, I thought she was like. Would that be the Bermuda Depths? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think Good. yeah. Thank you, Wikipedia. Oh, but I remember watching Star- both these starring movies. Connie Selica and Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. No, Carl Weathers wasn't the boy. <laughs> I was gonna say. We... <laughs> Action Jackson. Lives, Action Jackson Jeez. was there. <laughs> there ain't gonna be no rematch, Rocky. <laughs> Did Bill Duke, you know, come in? You ghosted us, motherfucker. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Said that to the wow. giant turtle. Ghosted us. Carl, Carl Weathers, who has been in more homo- homoerotic situations <laughs> than any other actor. <laughs> oh, man. Doing that big, oily <laughs> fist grab of Arnold Fist grab. Come on, you've been doing, we're pushing too many pencils. Is that it? <laughs> and that, that that weird montage in Rocky is it Rocky two or Rocky three? They have the weird training montage in the Rocky surf. three. Oh 
because he takes over for Mick when he dies. Yeah. So he's, yeah, they're on the like slow motion running on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's where Hasselhoff got the idea. <laughs> oh crap. <sighs> oh god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I gotta admit, I can't. I, I love the title of the next of the next episode. By the way, Baloney Saw, Baloney Saurus, Baloney Saurus, yeah, Baloney Saurus. Now I won't be able to get that out of you. Baloney Saurus. As we continue the creepiness of this episode. <laughs> is that going to be like in some low budget porn movie? Oh no, it's the Balonosaurus! Oh, uh, uh, is that its nose? Well, hello, ladies. It's not as the the erotic adventures of Pinocchio. It's not his nose, Nick Rose. <laughs> this is an actual movie and an actual ta- actual tagline on the poster. By the way, oh my god, this was an. Uh, <laughs> Why do all my podcasts go off the rails right at the end? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm glad you were able to uh, to make it with, with, with us here tonight. Oh, do you want to... Uh, we didn't cover where you can be heard. Yes. On the inter- internet. Well, where I can be heard right now, not many, not many places. But Better in the Dark is going to be coming back pretty soon. I don't want to say anything more than that at, at this point. But, you know, you can hear me periodically on Just One of the Guys. You can hear me periodically on Who True Freaks. I'm still kind of like in that kind of periphery of Demonzocor. Mm. You know, you can still pick up through Amazon uh, New Roads to Hell, the, uh, the novel that introduced the Shadow Legion. And a second book is forthcoming. It's called The Shape of Fears to Come. Mm. And it features four uh, little no- novelette things with each of the four members of the ca- of the cast. Um, there should be a promo coming soon with a certain person uh, narrating it, like the last one. That person and, may be on this podcast. And uh, there are going to be short stories featuring one of those characters, Dreamcatcher, floating around in a couple of uh, anthologies over the next year. So, yeah. So, read my stuff, damn it. Buy it. Papa needs a new pair of everything. If I had more money, I'd buy another copy of the one I already have. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite review, you know, it's like I, I still check periodically the Amazon reviews. My favorite is the one that refers to Dreamcatcher as Natalie Dressed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, that's what you took away from the whole novel. Well, <sighs> you never know anyway. what people are going to focus on. <laughs> that's true. Well, I guess uh, guess we've reached the end of another one, haven't we? It sounds that way. Yeah. This luck, this luck, this luck. <laughs> <laughs> we had to put that in there. For goodness sakes. Yeah, I don't even know if we're going to see Deslock next time because next time we're going to be covering, I think, Balonisaurus. <laughs> we're going to be covering Balonisaurus, Balonisaurus, <laughs> and yeah. uh, the Magnetron. The or we could call that. The Megatron wave. Yeah, I saw it real quick, and I'm like, Megatron? What the hell? But uh, no, I I think Lysis is the big bad for a while. I don't think I don't think uh, Deslock comes back in till towards the end. Really? I'm look. I'm glancing ahead, and it looks like uh, 
Episode twenty, Maybe I think, 20, is the next yeah. time he shows it up. It is a mention, and that may just be him on a on a screen, but or as, just his eyes glowing. You know, <laughs> the glowy <laughs> the creepy face. Oh yeah, it was like the second or third episode in Tom. There's uh, uh what was it? The guys on Pluto, right? We're talking to Deslog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the communication device is a big giant Deslog head on the wall that the eyes glow when he talks when. Deslog's voice, his voice comes out, and they're just talking to the head. It's, but the head is always there. <laughs> the head's it's always like, there. It's like a the all see The all-seeing Deslog head. <laughs> Zardos! <laughs> I see what you're doing there. Stop that. You'll go blind. <laughs> Deslog sees all. I love that. You see, that was one... Like, when we when you get to season two and you get to the Common Empire, they're not as much fun as Deslock was. Nah, they're just destroy, kill. Yeah, that's why I had to bring Deslock back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leader Deslock. Leader, yes. So thanks for this trip down memory lane, guys. Oh, it's been fun. Thank you for coming on. And You're welcome. If you have time, you sh- you can go back and you can, uh, as always, these are all seem to be on YouTube and on Hulu. Yes. So you can watch them at your leisure. Yeah. We, I just... we post the, uh, the the links in the show notes for, of every episode. Mm-hmm. So you know, if anybody else would like, like like to catch them. And now that they're on, I, I'm i torn. Maybe you guys can help me make this decision. Mm-hmm. What do I do with, <laughs> with my season one 13 set of videotapes? Oh, God. <laughs> because I'm trying to clean the garage and I came across mm-hmm. them and it was like, do I really need to keep these because I can look at them online? Is there ever going to be a point in my life, unless I'm completely destitute, to where I'm not going to have access to the internet? And if I'm completely destitute, I'm not going to have. <laughs> I'm not going to. You're going to have other things to worry about, worry about. other than. So it's yeah. like what I can't bring myself to just throw them away. It's just mm. or you know, but of course my wife is like, "Why are you keeping them? Why are you keeping them? Shut up, woman." <laughs> <laughs> I keep you, don't I? <laughs> well, do you still have a VCR? Yes. <laughs> then keep them. <sighs> if you didn't have a VCR, I would say get rid of them. Well, I only have like one VCR that may or may not still work, so I'm not even sure. Check to see if that VCR still works. If it doesn't work, get rid of it. And I also have the six disc, uh, the, uh, the six tape set of season two and the six tape set of season three as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ugh. Uh, well, I'm trying to unclutter my life. I mean, I actually got rid of my videotape copy of um, the the Demolition Man. I'm like, do I really need to keep the Demolition Man? <laughs> well, you can always sell them on eBay. They actually, I'm looking right now. They've got the one guy is selling uh, the season one, season two, season three, and the movies VHS tapes, and he has them listed for 150 dollars. Really? Yeah. There's somebody else that has one, two, and three for $96. No movies. Wow. Well, maybe I should try to sell them then instead because they're they're all in good condition. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah, what the heck? I mean, put it on for a low number and see what it goes for. Hmm. That's what I did with my my comics. I I put on like a lot of like 20 comics. However much would fit in one of those prepaid boxes. You know, the, the flat rate, whatever it weighs, it ships for this price. Yes, but I, I have um, a couple of VCR tapes still. I still have a VCR that works. 
but the main reason I have them is that my copy of Near Dark is signed by Lance Hendrickson. Oh. And my copy of Cat and Nine Tales is signed by Dario Argento. Ooh. Ah. So there's that. I've seen, yeah, you, one, of, you I've seen keep... one of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one, Near Dark, that's the one where he's the vampire with the vampire yes. family in the Winnebago, whatever, or roaming the countryside with Bill Paxton. And, right. And, oh, oh, I can't never think of her name. Jenny Wright? The one that plays the – she's the Hispanic vampire, I think. Oh, 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 Janine Goldstein? Yeah, isn't she the one that's also in, like, Aliens? Yes. Well, half of that cast is, like, an alien. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, true, yes. <laughs> so, oh, okay. I might be able to just put them on eBay. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean – like I do with comics, any comics I don't want, I sell them in lots. I, you know, put on whatever the shipping is going to be and start the bidding at 99 cents. The one thing I got rid of, I think it was like 50 issues of Wonder Woman for 80 bucks. Hmm. So, you know, it, I started at 99 cents. It just kept going up and up and up and up. That's fine. Huh? No problem. <laughs> I'll take your money. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe I should do that instead of just chucking stuff because I just can't bring myself to chuck it. Yeah. But if I can get some money. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess guess we'll we'll uh, close the show out here, and uh, uh, we will see everyone next time on Anime Freaks. Bye, everybody. Creepy robots. <laughs>